Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome in to this Monday, February 14th edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Pui, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and our intern, Avery Newport, happy to have you with us here on this Monday afternoon here in the Eastern Panhandle as we are ready to talk about Super Bowl from last night. It'll be second and goal in the break huddle. Akers in the backfield, and the quarterback Stafford is under center. The 15th play of this drive coming up, down by four. Stafford, receivers in tight. He gets the snap, he cocks his arm, he throws a pass, caught with the leap, belt high, far side of the end zone, touchdown up! The Rams have taken the lead! The Rams have taken the lead! 125 to go! Heavily covered! The go-ahead touchdown in the Super Bowl. Kevin Harlan on the call for Westwood One, legendary voice on the radio, and the Rams go on top. And what could have been, could have sealed our parlay and won us a bunch of money. It could have happened, unfortunately. Uh, it didn't happen, and this happened on a fourth down. Now i got to find it. I can't find it now. Here it is. It's fourth and one for the team that trails the Bengals by three in Super Bowl 56. P. Ryan off the hip in the shotgun. Burrow will look at it. Three wide from the 49 of the Rams. Fourth and one. Shotgun snap low. Picks it up. Left tackle block. Here comes Donald. And he spins Burrow around who then tried to throw it away. The Rams celebrating on the near side. On downs, it goes to L.A. Only one timeout for the Bengals, and that may do it. And that did it as the Bengals got the, or excuse me, the Bengals fell to the Rams 23-20 to there. And uh, what a really good Super Bowl it was. There was one big blown call in the game that uh, put the Bengals on top there. That 70, was it 75-yard touchdown? From, yes. uh, yeah, it was the first play of the, the, first uh, play second, of the second half. 75-yard touchdown pass from Burrow to Higgins. Higgins uh, definitely pass interfered. They didn't get the penalty there, but they had what, five penalty calls in the final two minutes. Something like that. After a pretty clean game up until that point, you know, right when the Rams were, were driving late was when all the flags started flying. Yeah. Yeah. I know the Bengals were one of the least penalized teams in the NFL this season. Uh, so... I wasn't too surprised about that, but obviously they had some that hurt them there late. Um, you know, overall, really good Super Bowl. Uh, that third quarter kind of got a little bit sloppy in terms of there was just a lot of sacks by both teams. But, uh, you know, when we were sitting there on that final drive, it was really tough for me to root for the parlay in that situation because I can't root for the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. Uh, but you would have won 250-plus. Yeah, and I would have won on my parlay as well. So it would have been like exactly. I would have hit on my parlay and my other one bet. for me. Yeah, because I, I believed in Avery Newport like and Tyler Boyd. And I thought Tyler Boyd. I thought Tyler Boyd. I thought the it's Rams okay. were going to try and shut down. It's Chase okay. We all know it was the intern that really did it for us. Always blame the intern. Okay. 
Always okay. blame the even if like everything didn't hit, we would have said it was Avery's fault. If it's like nine six ball game, eh. it was Avery's fault because that's the golden rule. That, that. Just it, it was a fun game though. Like it was competitive all the way through. There was nothing that I, I there was no part of the game that I really felt was boring. Commercials were all right. Halftime show was great. Too many crypto game wise. Yeah, there were a lot of crypto commercials and a lot Those of electric the vehicles ones, though. Or at least a few of them. I don't know. I did kind of enjoy like the the what it got, like the amount of people interaction with it. The one with the QR code, where it was just yeah. going. which was also a crypto See, ad. That, yeah, that's what that I'm was saying. my that's, favorite. I'm one. saying I, I kind of got annoyed with crypto ads, but they were very creative because people wanted to see what it was. I didn't that know was my was favorite one on, because honestly. I made a joke the commercial break before that because we all went and got food, came back in, and I was the first one in. I'm like, oh man, we just missed a. Uh, commercial that had a qr code that if you scanned everybody would have won like fifty thousand dollars as a joke and then the next commercial break it had that commercial where it was a qr code for the like cryptocurrency website yeah uh kind of sad that they waited so long for the budweiser commercial that's true too i like clydesdale and then it was very short it felt like a very short story yeah and they had a different dog it wasn't a dalmatian this time yeah i don't know i honestly didn't pay that much attention to the commercials because I, I just feel like they haven't been as good recently and, the visit people, california one was weird i like i didn't the, see that, uh, that was like at the beginning i like ryan reynolds like and seth rogan or no, not ryan reynolds uh paul rudd and seth rogan that was that's a good funny. one yeah that was a good the one. lace commercial yeah i like the michelob one with uh peyton manning and jimmy butler when they were on the bowling alley you remember that one you see that? Well, that was Jimmy Butler. I, think so, I thought yeah. there was somebody else. Jimmy yeah. Butler, Serena. They, I thought at first it was like an ESPN commercial or something. But yeah. No, it was good. Steve Buscemi was working the counter, too. It was like a, yeah. They tried good. to recreate the NFL 100 commercial with the tiny animated players, it seemed like, is what they were going for. Did you guys see that one? Yeah. Uh, there's, the, like, a the funny, there's a funny caption thing I'll have to show you after the show. The Chase Young one? Yeah. I saw that. Do the caption? Yeah, the caption contest for one. Did you was... see the one caption? No, that was really funny. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but overall, great Super Bowl. Sean McVay finally gets his super, first Super Bowl ring, and as Nick thinks, he's going to retire. <laughs> no, nah, I was kind of kidding. But he did say in an article that he was wanting to spend time as a family. But it does seem like he doesn't really have a family. He has he has a girlfriend. I'm just telling wife. you what the article said. Okay, uh, but. It does seem like a lot of players are, are going to hang it up after this Super Bowl. Aaron Donald implied it pretty heavily in that post-game interview and what he said before the Which game. Which would be surprising because he's not. Well, a lot of defensive players seem to be retiring a little bit earlier. That's true. I mean, we saw Luke Keekley, We saw Patrick Willis. Um, and I think if Donald retired, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. Uh, Andrew Whitworth is definitely done, I think, 40 years old. But Super as Bowl. you were saying before – we came on the show he's what two sacks away from yeah, 100 two sacks so away from 100 stick around to try to get for a that. defensive tackle i mean 100 is unbelievable yeah. but he's already what an eight time first team all pro every year he's been in the league yeah first, first team all what pro. is it two or three defensive player of the three. year so the guy has nothing left to prove if he wants to go out That's i true. think it'd be he's fine. got a goat argument for defensive tackles I think yeah. he's probably the greatest ever. I mean, you, you got guys like Warren Sapp or you know John Randall or whoever, but I think he's he's got a good case for that. I, I think you can make that argument. I would speed, there. size, ability to stop the run and, and rush the quarterback. I mean, I don't know if we've seen a D tackle like that, especially 
with his speed at his size, uh, he's very, you know, he's he's definitely in the goat argument. I think um, for deep the interior defensive lineman. Yeah. Did you see last night on the uh, broadcast? Uh, not on the post game. Well, I guess it was on the start of the post game when uh, Michelle Tafoya or Kristen Tappen were interviewing Sean McVay. He said he wasn't going to remember tonight. <laughs> Because he was going to get Shelter Foya retired. Yeah, speaking as well. of retirements, she's yeah. she's done. And Al Michaels is probably done at NBC. So. Yeah, you well, thought a lot he of was going to be next year. Well, I didn't know about this Amazon thing. I just figured he was retiring because that was the rumor before the season. He would call one more Super Bowl. That is true. And, and he's now tied for the Amazon most Super Bowls called on TV. Yeah, and if he goes to Amazon, he's who's he tied with? That. Dick Enberg. Let me look. I saw it yesterday. I don't know. Kirk it's Gallagher. 11 times, though. I you know guys that. think wow. Stafford retires? No. Oh, heck no. I don't He's going to try to go win another one. He's only like 34, I think. Uh, he Pat Summerall called 11. Dick uh, Enberg called 8. Kurt Gowdy called 7. Joe Bucks called 6, along with Jim Nance. Does Madden count in that? That's play-by-play. Play. Okay, because yeah. John Madden probably has more than... Or at least... The most, probably. Yeah. John Madden have... has 11 color commentary... Uh, okay. Phil Sims with eight, Troy Aikman with six, Chris Collinsworth with four, Frank Gifford with four, Merlin Olson with four, and Pat with four. Pat Summerall. So okay. Summerall is the most overall then, if you want to count. Also, play Madden play color. was a color analyst for like four different networks, I think. He, yeah, CBS. he did all the major networks. CBS, Fox, NBC, and ABC, yep. if I remember correctly. That is correct, Avery. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you Nick. There you go. Cold star. But yeah, uh, Al Michaels will no most likely no longer be on NBC next year. It really sucks. I really like him on NBC. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Al Michaels because uh, ESPN supposedly making a push toward him, so it'd be kind of reunited there. They'd be dumb not to. And I, to I me, it, like, it I like be... the new. I like the Monday Night Football crew. Well, is Al Michaels not better than uh, Steve Levy? I mean, don't unless you, you unless you watch push the Manning Levy, broadcast anyway, unless you push Steve, that'd Levy be interesting, dude. If they want over to more, only hockey and college football, if they want more viewers for the Manning broadcast, do you go after Al Michaels for that? No, you would you would maybe try to get Peyton in the booth with Al Michaels. I think that would be a that, good that combo. would be good. I, I might watch that, but then you kick out Eli. You could throw Eli in there, too. <laughs> Put him on a pregame or a sideline, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You'd figure it out. They'd figure it out if I don't, that was I don't, the case. It seems like they've been trying to get Peyton Manning in the booth for a long time, and he yeah. just doesn't want to do that. So I think he's I cool doing think, this thing with his Because I think he does that like in a studio wherever he lives. Yeah. Like they don't, yeah I don't think they travel anywhere. No. They're both in their house. All right. Well, next thing's next. We'll talk about the halftime show. Uh, what a great show the halftime show was yesterday. Uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Bryce, Kendrick Lamar, and uh, 50 Cent popping upside down with uh, in the club. Yeah, I I liked it. It was fine. I mean, I don't really get like psyched up about the halftime, but it, it was cool, I think, to see. It, it fit definitely being in L.A., having Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And uh, Kendrick. Compton. Yeah, Kendrick. Um, so that made a lot of sense. Uh, you throw Eminem in there, obviously all all those guys discovered by Dr. Dre or yeah. worked with Dr. Dre at one point. So, yeah, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I enjoyed it for uh, what I was able to hear at my 
friend's house it was pretty loud so wasn't always able to hear the songs that were being played but well you know you can go on youtube it, it, it and watch a, it again I, I enjoyed it still from the stage the lights and the different uh things that they showed i thought the camera work was a uh, great there was nothing too weird like you saw the weekend last year kind of going through the maze everybody remembers how weird and dizzy that made you but didn't I, I he thought go in the crowd too or the something ship? like Did he go that. on the ship i think it was the it might have been the ship that they started on or something and then tried to come down i don't know i think but that also had weird. to do with there not being that many fans there too that could have been yeah but no it was too la i felt like the hollywood yeah. vibe was spot on i would totally agree with that um you just want to talk about like maybe the game real quick like just we any... talked about the game no, but just like any, you know, game plan, thoughts, observations, nothing like that. I think the Bengals should have ran Mixon more. Yeah. 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 But it, nobody yeah. really got a running game going. It was a passing game. Yeah. Yeah. And sucks for Odell getting hurt there. Uh, did get a touchdown in the beginning of the game, though, but, you know, would love to have seen him in the third, fourth quarter. Um, he definitely uh, definitely was happy he was finally able to get a Super Bowl ring. And yeah. last night you could see his emotion on his face after the game. I yeah. thought at times the teams were maybe being overly aggressive. Yes, due to the moment. yes, yes. The it Bengals like starting trying the too game hard. going forward on fourth down, uh, and then like the Cooper Cup pass to Stafford. I, you don't need to pull out trick plays just because it's the Super Bowl. Uh, but it, it was fine for the Rams. But maybe some of the stuff the Bengals did, especially going forward early in the game on fourth down, and then I think that led to the Beckham touchdown. So I think you're right. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So you're going to give you know that high powered offense a short field, probably not the best of ideas. But that happens in the Super Bowl. I think teams that haven't been there or even haven't won one in a while, they might try stuff like that. And because you want to be greedy, you want to keep yeah. the ball, and well, you also want to get catch defenses off guard. That's you true know, too. If you do like they did plays, with the uh, right. Cooper Cup kind of wide receiver. Yeah, the little first there the, to get the first the, down. Four, yeah. it, was that fourth down or was that third down? It was. I think it was fourth. I think that was a was fourth, fourth and one, yeah. right? That they And they couldn't the run the ball to any of their running yeah. backs, so yeah. just try the offensive player of the year. That that worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. But I, I really like the Bengals' game plan, too, of short, quick passes, right? Because a lot of the discussion before the game was the Bengals' weak offensive line versus the Rams' really strong defensive line. And the best way to beat that is to not have Joe Burrow sit in the pocket all day and get feasted on by Aaron Donald. Both still quarterbacks, seven though. Sacks. True, but both they, quarterbacks get hurt during the game. Come back and play, though. That's true. Yeah, I was happy that Cup got the uh, Super Bowl MVP, though. Deserving. Yeah, I thought it was between deserving. him and Donald, just because of Donald's last drive there. And yeah, stopping yeah. Him That's what I was ball. talking to. You know, people I was at the Super Bowl party with. And I was like, "How do you, who do you give it to? Do you give it for Stafford for engineering that drive? Do you give it to Cup for getting two touchdowns and le- I believe leading and receiving with 92 yards? Yeah. Or and that fourth down conversion? Or do you give it to Donald for basically securing the game? Yeah. It, I think it, if it, it was a sack, it would have been a real talk. Yeah. Uh, I think it had to go to Cup, though, because he pretty much carried them on that drive. I mean, that was the only guy that was Stafford could rely on without Odell. Um, so... I think Cup was the right choice, but I was kind of thinking maybe about Aaron Donald there. I wasn't really thinking Stafford just because the picks, I felt like, and, and him not being able to spread the ball around, especially once Beckham got out of the game, you know, he had to rely on Cooper Cup so much that that made Cup more valuable to them. But overall, a great Super Bowl, great game, and a lot of fun to watch. 
All right. Well, we're playing it out with uh, Dre, right? Some yeah. Dr. Dre, the next episode. And that, Snoop. Yeah, that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one. First, go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We come back. We'll change uh, discussion over here. Some college hoops action. We'll uh, talk some WVU hoops. They're in action on Saturday. They're in action tonight. Uh, then we'll talk some Shepherd Rams with the uh, Avery Newport Shepherd Report coming up next. After this, two-minute break. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Life can get in the way these days. We all know that. Work commitments, social commitments, volunteer commitments, family commitments. You put your heart into all of it. You've got enough to worry about already. Your roof shouldn't be one of those things. Everything should just work. But when your roof is in need of an upgrade, you shouldn't have to worry about that either. Modern Renovations, your four-state roofing solution. Reminding you that home is where the heart really is. Erie Insurance says here's to the grown-ups who move, mortgage, mow, and still bust a move. But does your home insurance still fit? Erie helps you protect the home you've grown into, all at fair prices that are often less than the other guys. So how do you find the right coverage? Magic. Nope. Local independent agents who get to know you like this. Your local Erie agent in Martinsburg is Smallwood and Small Insurance. Get a quote at smallwoodandsmall.com. Erie Insurance. Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you along with our intern Avery Newport running things on the TV 10 side. Here's There was part of the very beginning of Eminem's performance last night on the halftime show. I had to continue the halftime show uh, talk there with uh, playing the beginning of Lose Yourself from Eminem, one of my all-time favorite songs. Oh, well, we know. Remember when Spencer beat Eminem on Nine Mile Stop. in the rap battle <laughs> underground? Yeah. Instead of Eight Mile, it was the next 
Yeah. Underground rap battle. It went from eight mile to nine mile. Yeah. I'm a pretty famous guy then, I guess, right? You said I beat Michael Phelps. Yeah, yeah. nobody knows about it. It's all underground. underground. It's all You beat Michael Phelps. You beat Eminem. You're the glittering gladiator. (laughs) All right. Well, you know who sadly didn't get a win this weekend? Yeah. It was a pretty bad loss. Joe Burrow. Oh. Not talking about the Super Bowl. No. Oklahoma State beats West Virginia 81-58. It was 36-30 at halftime. West Virginia only down six. I was pretty confused what happened because we were calling the game, so I wasn't paying attention. They fell apart as they have all season to a team that has a losing record with nothing to play for. They got embarrassed. I I think that game probably was the icing on the Jalen Bridges. It was the icing of the cake for you know going to the NIT. Even if you're lucky, you'll go to the NIT. I mean, they they're still 14 have a and 10. Yeah, yeah, they still got they games left to lose. That's true. Many quality wins. Um, that yeah, UConn, State. The UConn's probably the biggest win they've got. That or like. Iowa State. That's yeah. it. Yeah. They'll Oklahoma f- State that played them tough the first time. So I don't think it's too surprising that they beat WVU. Obviously, I think WVU ended up winning that first game though by, like by 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know. It's weird that they would come off of a good performance against Iowa State and just get blown out. Like, that doesn't make much sense. They couldn't rebound. They allowed too many easy shots, a lot of dunks, and dumb turnovers. Yeah. It, this team just, it's not a good one. I, I don't know what's going on. You can see the frustration in them still. Bob Huggins says he's going to fix it. He hasn't yet. I don't know if he can with this team. You just got to move on. I give up on this year, it seems like. I don't know, which sucks because I'm going to the game Saturday. But <laughs> Maybe they'll pull off the upset against Kansas. Just for That'd you, Colin. Just for you. Did you just say you're going to the game on Saturday? Probably. Oh. You're going to buy tickets? tickets? I already got the tickets. Is that the tickets that you got for your mom? Yeah, I'm oh. taking her. I thought you said Christmas. your dad was going. He's going to come as well. We got a third one, probably, unless he doesn't go and goes to my... Sister's track. Ah, but, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, do we want to hear the Mountaineer report? Sure. Talk about I think he game? talked to uh, baseball, I think, started, or was that? I don't know. Let's hear it. You got the thing ready? All right, let's go. It is game day for the Mountaineers. West Virginia closing this two-game road trip tonight in Manhattan, Kansas, as they take on the Wildcats of Kansas State. Our pregame coverage will begin at 6 p.m. with their opening tip set to go at 7. West Virginia will be trying to bounce back from one of their poorer performances of the season back on Saturday. Oklahoma State rolled over West Virginia by a final score of 81-58. to The Mountaineers trailed by just six points at halftime, and then Oklahoma State took control in the second half, outscoring WVU 45-28. to Shooting problems that have plagued WVU throughout the course of the season were once again apparent against Oklahoma State and something that they will have to fix going into tonight's game. West Virginia shooting just 32% from the field against the Cowboys and just 26% from three-point range. On the other side, West Virginia's defense pretty much a no-show for the Cowboys 
boys shot 50% from the field in the opening half, 47% in the second half. WVU had three players in double figures against Oklahoma State. Off the bench came Malik Curry, scoring 13 points, all 13 of those in the second half. The other double-figure scorers, both Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil, they each finished up with 12 points. West Virginia enters tonight's game with a 14-10 overall record. They are 3-8 in Big 12 Conference play. To say that West Virginia needs a win this evening against K-State would be a classic understatement. Once again, our pregame coverage tonight begins at 6 o'clock with the opening tip set to go at 7. We invite you to join us right here. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. There you go, Mr. Creedy. You can hear him tonight on Mountaineer Basketball. As uh, he mentioned, they take on Kansas State tonight, 7 p.m., 6 p.m. pregame show. So right after our show re-airs from 5 to 6, you'll be able to tune in to some Mountaineer Basketball pregame. Uh, but let's continue the basketball uh, talk here. Let's go to the Shepherd Report from Avery Newport. Yeah, the women's and men's teams played host this weekend to the Kutztown Golden Bears, uh, another PSAC opponent. The Rams lost the women's game, uh, the early game on Saturday, 68-59 to to Kutztown, which is a ranked team. They're probably the best team in the conference this year. Uh, the Rams fall to 18-5 and on the year with the loss and are now... Uh, I think two full games behind Kutztown in the division. That, I'm not sure if that's correct. But anyway, they lost at home. Sydney Clayton was leading scorer. She had 14 points, seven rebounds, shot four of 10 from the field. Marley McLaughlin was in double figures as well, 12 points for her on three of six shooting. Maddie White, surprisingly, had a really good game off the bench, 12 points for her, made uh, half of her field goal attempts, five for 10. So a good shooting night for her. And a not-so-good shooting night for Abby Beeman, who only had three points, made one one three-pointer, one-for-seven shooting on the night. So an off night for her and an off night for the Rams' offense as a whole. Not really their best game. The men's team, however, they were able to win. Should probably turn my mic back on there. (laughs) Uh, Cutstown 13-3 in the PSAC. Bloomsburg 14-4. Both have been uh they've clinched PSAC tournament bursts. Shepard currently sitting at third, twelve and five. Uh I believe two and a half games clear of Shippensburg. Shippensburg ten and eight, so maybe three and a half games. I don't know how they'll do it because they've got two more wins and three less losses. But yeah, so now go to the men's. Yeah. Well, anyway, so the the men's team they were able to win against Kutztown sixty eight to sixty was the final Kyle Daggett no surprise there was the leading scorer again another 20 Put the point team on his back per usual yep and I mean that's that's been his role ever since Daniel McLean Corley's been out with injury he's been the top guy so he had 20 points shot 8 of 14 from the field six boards for him Cam Stevens had a good offensive game his first in a while 19 points shot five of eight six boards John Preston had another good game 13 points for him so good game for the Rams good win they're still under 500 but they're healthier now. They've got more guys they can play, and that's going to help them on this stretch run in the conference. So both teams are in action again tonight on the road against Lock Haven. Women's game tips at 5.30, and the men's game tips at 7.30. So there's your Shepherd Report. That was the Shepherd Report brought to you by Avery Newport. Uh, before we hit the break here, let's talk about uh, 
something near and dear to Nick and I's hearts. Not a lot of people in the Eastern Panhandle will like it for uh, like us for talking about it, but Marshall, along with what Southern Miss and ODU, show the big rebellion to Conference USA. All three put out a statement Friday afternoon, stating that they've communicated to Conference USA, saying that they will cease participation in the conference effective June 30th, 2022. The Thundering Herd will not participate in Conference USA during the 22-23 season. The decision comes after consideration of the best interests of Marshall student-athletes and its loyal fans. Uh, They first advised the conference in December 21 of its desire not to participate in the conference after the current academic year. Since then, the university continued to communicate the intentions to the conference and offered to find an amicable resolution to the matter. The conference refused to discuss a resolution with the university or the other universities. Um, so, Confer- so Marshall, Southern Miss, Old Dominion decide, hey, we're going to the con- we're we're going to stand up for our rights as schools, and now they are leaving Conference USA a year earlier and going to the Sun Belt, which completes the Sun Belt expansion. As JMU already completed it, they will play this. They will play 2022 as well. So, conf- or Sun Belt Fun Belt Fun starting July 1st, 2022. Nick. Yeah, I think this was, you know pretty much expected uh for them to try to leave early if they could and they were able to do that and obviously um you know it's a good move for marshall i think the sun belt overall will probably be the second best football conference in the group of five uh behind now probably the mountain west and then the american either third or fourth uh with all the realignment so you know the thundering herd it's definitely a good jump but it will be a a tough you know jump for them i think this east division or at least the projected east division for the sun belt is is very loaded you got marshall you got app state you got coastal carolina uh jmu um it'll be a fun one yeah it's gonna be very tough though uh old dominion as well is is a decent program um i'm praying for a night game at bridge four stadium in harrisonburg virginia with marshall this fall, Shepard plays at home at noon. You down to make that trip? Maybe hour and a half. It's only an hour and a half from here. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a bad trip. Depends on JMU uh, by fifty. <laughs> now nah, Marshall, I think, would beat them at this point. Yeah, I think you think JMU maybe two years from now they'll be a big contender in the yeah. conference. Yeah, they, they'll probably. They've got to adjust from FCS to FBS. You're not wrong. Yeah. All right, well, that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just supply and store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living. It's family-owned and operated and located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some EPAC hoops action from the weekend, as we, and we'll get you set for our schedule this weekend, the schedule around the EPAC after this two-minute break. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. 
WVU Medicine is pleased to introduce six new providers who've joined our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, and University Healthcare Physicians. Nurse Practitioner Alexis Alastanos, Urgent Care. Dr. Anderson Cho, Hospitalist. Physician's Assistant Brian Daunt, Pain Management. Dr. Payam Paradi, Anesthesia. Physician's Assistant Brittany Herber, Orthopedics. And Dr. Esther Lin, Family Medicine. WVU Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Safety doesn't come from owning a handgun. It's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off of I-81 Exit 5 at Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on the six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Valley Guns 2 will conduct these classes on February 26 and March 12 at their Inwood location. Master the basics with Basic Handgun 1, taught by NRA-certified instructors. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or call 304-229-4411. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 TV10 on Comcast Channel 10 in Berkeley and Jefferson counties here in the Eastern Panhandle and on the TV10 Facebook page streaming live. Spencer Puinick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern Avery Newport running things on the TV10 side. Happy to have you with us here as we uh, talk some EPAC basketball action from the weekend. Uh, Martinsburg started a winning streak. Two games in a row, but a tough week. Not a streak week. yet, right? Well, you need to win three in a row. For I guess. Yeah, haven't you seen it'll Major be, League? Yeah. It'll be a tough stretch for them coming up, and maybe that gives them a little confidence. Tomorrow, was it tomorrow? Yep. Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow against Jefferson. Yeah, that, that's going to be a, a very tough right game. Now. <laughs> but Jefferson, I don't know if they weren't playing their lineup or something, but they, yes. they weren't. That's what I heard. It just seems like their games were a lot closer than I expected, though, on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, um, I, I don't know about the Greenbrier East one, but the Washington one, I heard that they rested some people, but which I makes mean, sense because still, you have a game the next day. Three, that's almost a twenty-point win. I, I mean, how much expectations do we need to put on these guys? I don't know. It, it's hard to go out there too, like every night in high school, and, yeah. and just blow out everybody by like thirty. So yeah, but back to Martinsburg, we had the, both those games Friday and Saturday. Uh, Martinsburg getting the win in both games here. Uh, they improved to 7-9 and nine on the weekend after a 46-36 victory over Spring Mills Friday and a 88-51 victory over Preston on Saturday. Uh, back to that Friday game, Nick. Pretty impressive uh, for, you know, Martinsburg to keep things going. Uh, but for Spring Mills, they kind of lost everything, really. They lost all the momentum they had when, you know, all their guys were in foul trouble and a couple fouled out. 
Yeah, that played a factor. I think the Martinsburg's defense, in particular Cyril Gaza and what he did to take away Keyshawn Cheek, was the difference in that game because, as we've noted multiple times, Keyshawn Cheek is, is really what gets Spring Mill's offense going. When they're able to get him going downhill and, and making plays, whether it be getting fouled at the rim or, or dishing it off to a teammate, that's when Spring Mills is at its best. So Cyril Gaza and the defensive game plan on him uh, was the difference in the ball game, and it seems like that is kind of Spring Mills' weakness this year, uh, that they haven't had guys step up when Cheek's been taken away or taken out of the game plan. So that will be something for them to work on uh, moving forward. Uh, still a very solid team in Spring Mills and a team that could still turn it around and win this section, uh, but – it's definitely something that they'll they'll need to, I guess, be aware of and hopefully get some more guys stepping up toward the end of the year if they want to come out of the section. Uh, but a, a good win for Martinsburg. Uh, overall, a pretty good week. They had a chance yeah. against Hedgesville, and they were expected to blow out Preston County, and they did. Uh, it was a little bit closer game than you would have wanted in that first half, but eventually Martinsburg, I think, really put it together. You got some scoring there. Luke Fowler. Finally got on track scoring-wise. Was a five threes? Yep, 17 points for Luke Fowler, uh, which was good to see. Jaron Atkins comes off the bench. Four threes, 15 points, 11 points for Gaza. Um, those guys really led the way. Uh, Avion Blackwood with eight. And again, like a lot of these guys would have scored more points starters-wise, but they didn't need to play them. I think it was everybody got in the ballgame. Every player on that I roster that right. dress got in the ball. I want to go back to this Spring Mills game Everybody though, and mention something. Because got the, floor. the first game, we were talking about it and said that win for Spring Mills was probably, or quite possibly, the changing of the guard for supremacy. Because they had just knocked off Hedgesville, and then they had just knocked off Martinsburg after, or before we mentioned that by, I think it was almost 20 points. And now Spring Mills has since then lost to Hedgesville and now lost to Martinsburg by 10 points. So Martinsburg's saying not so fast. This section's wide open. I was surprised, honestly, that Martinsburg won. I, I thought Spring Mills was going to come back out after being embarrassed by Jefferson, frustrated, and want to do the same thing to Martinsburg and show that they're still a contender now. I, I don't know who's going to win this section. Each team Head-to-head-wise, I, I don't think you could give an advantage to any three of them in Hedgesville, Martinsburg, or Spring Mills. I think it's just going to have to go down to who plays better that night. Yeah, I can't remember if Coach Samples mentioned this in the interview or not that I had with him, but we were talking just, like, basketball-wise. And, like, his kids, especially the freshmen, you know, they're getting used to playing now a 20-game you know, season. That's yeah. true. And, and last year they only played 12 games at middle school level so well that's that was something we also talked about was you know you looked at Keyshawn Cheek's numbers at that first game with Martinsburg yeah Cheek was 23 and a half in points. the second game no but I'm saying 23 and a half point average mm-hmm. now he's kind of dropped down to a more normal 18 and a half points he showed he's human yeah yeah, but, but I'm I saying too, like that. Like, that game. It's still impressive for a freshman. Don't get me wrong. Eighteen and a half. Maybe they're heading a little bit great, of a wall but, at this point in the season. And, and if they can, you know, overcome that, I think they'll be okay. I mean, you have two really good players there in Sheik and Thomas. 
it's just they're young and they're and they're learning as they go. They bounce back. I think got a win. Yeah, they beat Washington. It was a little bit closer than maybe you would expect, but Washington's getting better. I think that's clear as well. So um, it's a very competitive conference. It's a very competitive section, and Martinsburg's definitely you know a team that while their record isn't the best at seven and nine, that win over Spring Mills in a, a winnable game against Hedgesville, heading into now what's a huge week uh, in terms of just you know really good teams coming up i'll let you make your point yeah and uh one. back to mark or spring mills for a second they've now tied their most wins ever in a season they're at 11 and 6 right now so shout out to them yeah uh even if they don't you know make the the regions they're still improving and getting better they'll be back next year yeah, Coach Samples has done a fantastic job. So with not, them. I didn't want to take anything away from them. They're, the improvement that we're seeing this season that is going to continue for the next couple seasons, at least based upon this roster that is currently there, big shout-out to them for getting to 11 wins for the, for the but you know what teams second time ever. Licking their lips right now, and it's very happy that this section in uh, Hedgesville, Martinsburg, Spring Mills is kind of beating up on each other. Who? Oh. Musselman. Musselman. Fine uh, Musselman right talk. now waiting to have to possibly, if you make the region, play one of those guys. We've got to talk about what happened that, that in that Musselman-Hedgesville game. very good regional game. We've got to talk about what happened in that Musselman-Hedgesville game the very end of the game last oh, yeah, I can't forget that the Musselman upset him. What? Yeah, Musselman beat Hedgesville yeah. 43-40 to 40 at, Hedge, or at Musselman. No, at Hedgesville. No, it was at, yeah, it was at Hedgesville. Uh, but they're in the handshake line. And, uh... Someone on Hedgesville tackled somebody on Musselman. I did not hear about that. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Any other details other than I, that? No? I mean, no. I don't want to get into specific. I know who it was. I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to blast people Suspension. about what they do. I don't know anything, but okay. I, I don't know anything of that part, but I know what happened. Um, I, did get a des- I did get a description from somebody that was actually in that handshake line. And they were right behind him. It like why? Um, supposedly, I supposedly heard it was that a spike on the court. I heard that Musselman, a player on Musselman, had stepped on the Hedgesville logo like disrespect. I heard spike the ball on the Hedgesville. Logo. Okay, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I just either way. I don't. But I don't. I don't want to throw. Know, you know, yeah, I don't want to throw one person. I don't want to do that. I'm not that. trying to do that. I'm just saying that happened in that game at the very end of that, that game. That could be costly. That could if be it's costly. An influential player. Yes. Uh but that happened, but you know, you gotta realize ultimately it's a game. Yeah. Forty three forty victory win for Hedgesville there. Um or forty three victory win for Musselman there against Hedgesville. Hedgesville at twelve and four now. Um and Musselman, you know, finally putting together some wins at over five hundred now at seven and six. Yeah. These playoffs are gonna be fun. I I'm amping up right now and looking forward to it. Both sides. Boys and girls, when this section play comes, it, it these games are going to be. I think each one's going to be competitive. Yeah, definitely. And some games on tap tonight: Musselman at Broad Fording Christian Academy. Boys wise, the only boys game. Girls game: Washington at Hedgesville. Jefferson at Washington. Tomorrow we'll have Martinsburg boys at Jefferson, and then other games in action: Boys side Hedgesville at Washington, Hampshire at Spring Mills. And then on Wednesday, we'll have Musselman at Martinsburg. Girls games is Berkeley Springs at Washington. Spring Mills at Mountain Ridge. And then Thursday, boys games, Washington at Fort Hill of Maryland. Jefferson at, girls-wise, Jefferson at St. Marie Goretti. 
Hedgesville at East Fairmont, Hampshire at Spring Mills, Friday the 18th, Martinsburg at Hedgesville, that'll be our game, Musselman at Spring Mills, that'll be a good game, boys. Why Saturday, Spring Mills at University, Petersburg at Washington, Buchanan Upshur at Jefferson on Saturday. Girls-wise, Spring, Clear Spring, Maryland at Spring Mills. I believe that's their final game before they start sectional tournament that next week. Uh, but we are really behind here on the break. That does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. We come back into this two-minute break. We'll wrap up the Sports Mix, a little headlines Uh, from around the D.C. sports area, and that's next when we close things up after this two-minute break. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! It's the final push toward the postseason in EPAC Boys and Girls Basketball. Another three-pointer, top of the key, around the rim. It's good for an Edsel. Now over to Zimmerman, off the fork screen, pick and roll. Swing it to Brown, his three-pointer is good. Nothing but net for Brown. Bolduc has it now, he'll shoot a jumper, and that's good. A two-point ball game here in the Cardinal Coliseum. Join us throughout February for all the exciting action right here on your EPAC Sports Leader, Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your February 14th, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Philly McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Or you can stop by their offices located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer Queen Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running things on the TV10 side. Happy to have you with us here as we close things out. And, uh... Remember a year ago? Well, I guess it was year in August, July maybe. The uh, Wilkinson report verbally came out to Roger Goodell, and nothing was ever 
you know, yeah, formally from came the Washington out. football team, now Washington Commanders. Yes, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports. Uh, he confirms a report by uh, DC Sports Radio team, the Junkies, that Beth Wilkinson suggested Dan Snyder to sell a team after that report. But there's nothing ever written about it, so nobody ever knew about it. But that was part of the verbal uh, suggestions, I guess. Um, and then the owners, you know, obviously kind of side with him. That's what, you know, Roger Goodell kind of. all owners do. Roger Goodell kind of swept it under the rug. Like Roger Goodell does. And uh, apparently owners could be ready to push him out. Which is kind of interesting because I had brought it up, I think, last week sometime that, you know, with all these reports coming about Snyder, I wouldn't be surprised if he was forced to sell the team soon. And now that appears to at least be in the rumor mill. So maybe I, I just could see the future, Spencer. Maybe I you can. So. You, I feel like I you've been doing so. that see, a little I bit lately. I thought should have sold the team two years ago or whenever the first reports came out in 2020. I mean, you but know. But then that would have made it seem wait, like though, he was yeah. in, he was he knew it. But the whole thing was he, uh, whenever he was going through all this, he goes, well, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I wasn't. I was never there. It happened because I wasn't there. I mean, there's witness testimony now that's now there that, is yes that's not true. He was there. Yeah, yeah. And, and you he, have the one witness that went in front of Congress and made allegations specifically against Dan Snyder now for sexual yeah, harassment. So that she tried that is to get pushed huge, in the car by him. True. Uh, again, it's allegations, so you got to wait and see. But the NFL is now doing an investigation into it, and hopefully, that actually gets reported. Well, on. what what did we talk on Thursday or Wednesday yeah, or something? And I that. told you that Dan Snyder, and you got so confused. Yeah, remember you said I'm confused. Why is this happening? And I said I'm and just reading it. it. I can't tell you that the NFL kind of took it over because it was like yeah. independent that Snyder was doing it, and then it changed. I still don't so, understand I, I don't why the Wilkinson report was a verbal report and not a written report because. Roger Goodell said, "Let's sweep it under the butt, under the thing." I mean, I understand it, but it's I, you know, just Avery should have been written. Just wants justice. That's right. I mean, who him. doesn't? I want him to right. sell the team. Who doesn't? I want him to sell the team too. I think it'll be better for everybody involved. Maybe can rile up the fan base because this fan base wants this franchise wants a proud franchise. We weren't alive for that, Colin. Yeah. Nobody Ever since then, since the Snyder, nobody era. in this room was alive for that. I don't know That's if it's true. even though about at this point, like Snyder's d- direction with the football team. I think it's even more so about just the, the organization as a whole. Yeah, and, and the just, franchise is a laughingstock now. Like it's not even having to deal with how bad they've been on the field. I mean, now they're not even like having you know a good workplace environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a bigger issue than just the fact that the team has been so bad under Snyder. I think mean, now, I mean, obviously it's a bigger issue than that. The stadium's so. bad. The workplace environment's bad. The team's bad. He's it's just bad. not a bad, it, good situation. Snyder's been mistreating the fan like. base this whole yeah. time, too. I mean, overcharging them for tickets, prices, everything. Well, plus, everything. everything's coming out now that Washington secured the commander's name uh, hours before the, the announcement about uh, – the name having to be changed back in 2020. So does that mean he wanted commanders the whole time and it was going to be commanders the entire time? And they spent this whole 18-month process as just malarkey? I mean, they were probably fighting through the courts for trademarks and everything. But Yeah, but... I don't right. know. 
Well, that, is what does it it. Is. that does it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be back tomorrow at 12.08 as always. We'll have some basketball this week as we mentioned. Three games this week. Uh, tips off tomorrow with Martinsburg at Jefferson. Wednesday it'll be Martinsburg hosting Musselman and Friday it'll be Martinsburg at uh, Hedgesville. But that does it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern Avery Newport, I'm Spencer Dupuis saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08.